Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, I was so encouraged this morning hearing the miracles that are happening in our house. If it doesn't stir your faith, uh, then <laughs> well, something's not wrong with you, but, but it should because God is a miracle-working God. And it's funny because this week I was chatting to Annie and we were talking about prayer because she is passionate about prayer. And if you need a miracle in your life, you can chat to her after the service or you can always email her at prayer at baysidechurch.org.au where your prayer and your miracle will be petitioned by 24 people standing in the gap for your needs. 24 faithful people that love God and love this house. So, um, you know, when we were sort of looking at it, I was reminded of miracles that God's done in my life. And uh, I think we all need to have a miracle that we can share with people because that's just amazing. All right. So, if you have not met me yet, uh, there's a few of you that I haven't met yet. My name is Caleb. And here at Bayside, I have the role of operations manager. Hence why I carry keys around all the time. Um, and what I get to do is I get to have my finger on the pulse of uh, people that love to serve and uh, deal with the teams around this church. I get to look at all the imperfections that are around the house and uh, sort of try and fix them. Um, and, uh, you know, so if you notice any inf imperfections, just uh, send me a long-winded email and we'll try to get them sorted. Um, but you may have noticed that our building has changed a couple of shades darker. And doesn't it look great? I think it looks absolutely sensational. And we are very lucky to have landlords that love our house, that take pride in our building, what it looks like, and care for maintenance of the house. And so if we could just right now, I would love to give a round of applause to our landlords to say thank you for the work that is happening outside as a sign of our gratitude. Because, you know, there might be some churches out there where their landlords don't care about what the building looks like, but ours do. And it looks great. So thank you. Now, another thing that I'm currently involved in planning, as you would have heard over the last few weeks, is this outdoor entertaining, well, outdoor living space, which is what we're calling it. And that is for us to do life together. So if you are not aware, that was actually in the plans of the original building when Bayside moved here 10 years ago. And it wasn't done. But who knows, God's timing's good. I feel like there is a growing, that there is a stretching, that that space will have impact in our community. And we need to own it, Bayside. So if you would like to just consider what kind of stone you're going to pull out of the the river, so to speak, or the, the creek, whatever. What was it, a river? It's a river. The River Jordan. All right, it's a big river. Rivers, to me, are just like the Murray. But what, what, what you are going to pull out of the river and place as an investment into the future of our future generations. I look at, at Sarah's child just here, and they're going to enjoy that space. So I'm, I'm keen. Keen, keen, keen. Well, better together. So Ephesians 3, 
I have the privilege of sharing with you today on Ephesians 3 and what God's been speaking to me about it. Um, Us and Jesus. We are better together with Jesus. If I can have Simon to come up and he's going to read Ephesians 3 for us just so that we get a picture of what the whole uh, chapter sounds like and then uh, we'll get into it. He, he put on a nice shirt for today. Bless you guys. When I think of this, I, Paul, prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you, Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read about what I'd written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now, by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. I, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though... I am the least deserving of all God's people. He graciously gave me the privilege of telling Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I have chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all that this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavens and the places. (laughs) This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because Christ and our faith in him, we can now become boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart. Because of my trials here, I am suffering for you, so you should feel honoured. When I think of all this, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, creator of everything in heaven and earth, I pray that from this glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts As you trust him, your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ through, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. 
Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever, that, that we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now that is a radio-ready voice, if ever I've heard one. Very nice. Thank you, Simon. I really appreciate it. Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you would speak this morning, that you would encourage your church to live in the full riches of what you have for us. And I pray that as we sit here, we hear your words, they go deep into our heart and we believe for more, we expect more, and we know you more. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Woo! All right, good. So, there is so much gold in the pages of the book of Ephesians, uh, and even in chapter 3, that as you start to go into it, everything jumps out at you, and you need to try and hone into what God is saying, uh, you know, to, to hone in and get something out of it that speaks to you at that time. Uh, now, he... Paul is essentially taking us on a journey, right? So Ephesians chapter 1, we see that he uh, is giving thanks, he's giving glory to God, he's praising him and he's, being talk, uh, he's talking about being adopted into his family, as Brookie covered in chapter 1, and then how his family is for all people, Jews and Gentiles coming together as Chad mentioned last week, and that we are all able to be a part of his family. And here we find ourselves in chapter 3, smack bang in the middle of what Paul is saying. And he's not... Well, what he's actually doing is he's setting us up for later in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 5, 6. And so smack bang in the middle, he's gone back to the start and he's reiterating what he's said in chapters 1 and 2, to encourage us and help us to really grasp this mysterious love that God has for us. He talks about this mysterious plan, which is foretold throughout the Old Testament, which is of a Messiah coming to save the world, and this Messiah is Jesus. So let's have a brief history of Paul. Well, he had a somewhat wealthy upbringing. He was a scholar. He was quite wise. Um, he, it is said that he was at the top of his class. Uh, the, the person that he actually studied from was uh, under was quite well known in the area at the time. And so if you were picked to study under this person, then you were recognised as one of the greater minds in the, in the uh, area at the time. So he was quite well 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 versed in scripture we're going to say tradition and ceremony at the time was a big part of chewy chewy culture <laughs> tradition was a big part of jewish culture at the time there were certain ways of doing things lucky i don't have a chewy in right but then it states in ephesians here in verse 7 to 10 this is my life's work helping people understand and respond to the message it came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details when it came to preaching the message to people who had no background in God's way. I was the least qualified, 
of any of the available Christians. But God saw to it that I was equipped. But you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. That's the message version. I love the way it puts it here because it's real. It's real. So what things are over his head, you may ask? Well, this mystery of Christ. The mystery that he speaks of in the first part of Ephesians 3, the secret plan of God that is known to him, is because he met Jesus. So it would seem that Paul is sharing from a place of revelation. It's in here. It's not a place of learnedness. It had, he, he met Jesus on the road to Antioch, and so something changed, something shifted in his life that made it revelation, which made it truth. So to recap, Paul is a knowledgeable man who knew the word of God, and here he is in awe of who Christ is and what his death meant for all people. He was still comprehending, still piecing the puzzles together, finding out and still discovering what it means to be free in Christ. And, it's, and he's doing his best to explain this from his place of revelation. And he's also urging the Ephesians to live in this revelation also. So his focus has shifted from law and doing to gain God's approval to a new understanding and relevance of who Christ is the Messiah, the Jewish King. This was a radical shift and a radical thought process. A, radi- a, a radical message, so much so that you could be arrested for sharing, sharing it in the streets. So let's take a look at the word radical. Radical means especially of change in action relating to affecting the fundamental nature of something far-reaching or thorough. A radical overhaul of the existing regulatory framework. Radical in this day and age would be someone who leaves the car at home or doesn't even own a car and walks everywhere and they live 40 k's out of town. That's a bit different, isn't it? You know, like you don't meet people that often. Radical in this day and age might be uh, having sister wives. It's just not normal. That's a bit radical. Radical is going against the grain, breaking social norms and having a counterculture that goes against what everyone else thinks. Radical is how God made a way for us to be adopted into his family without us making the sacrifice. Because the God of creation made the sacrifice that we were meant to make to atone for our wrongdoings. The gospel, Jesus, the idea here that God made a way was a radical idea, meaning it changed everything and some say it was counterculture. So the culture at the time in Ephesus, the Greco-Roman culture at the time was to have many gods, gods gods for different things. They would have a god for the land, they would have a god for the air, They would have a God for the rain, a God for the ocean, a God for love. I like to think it was Barry White. (laughs) My darling, I can't get enough of your love, baby. And then if we do a Chad, 
I can't get enough of your love, Jesus. <laughs> Change the words there. So, Just a, a God for different things, a God for the sun, a God for their crops to come up. And quite often they would bring a sacrifice to gain approval. They'd bring a sacrifice so that this God that they were worshipping would turn around and be like, oh, thanks for burning that carcass. I'm going to give you something in return. And Jesus turned on his head and said that here is God, the true God, and you have to bring nothing. It's all been done. There was no physical price that we could pay because God loved us first. There was now a welcome into the family of God, an inheritance, a this is where you belong. When I was younger, roughly around 2002, I was part of an outreach group that used to do beach missions. Has anybody been to a beach mission, been a part of a beach mission? Or, yep, okay, well, um, it, was, it was good times. <laughs> but basically, the, the, the whole aim of the beach mission is we'd do a skit over five days. We would hand out points and we would punch their cards, so punch holes in the cards, and the kids at the end who got the most holes punched would get a prize. Now, we were smart about it because we wouldn't give the prizes out until what we had was a family night. So, um, do we have the photos there, Jono? I'm, I'm very, very, I've, I've got a couple of photos, I just, you know, to show the story. <laughs> but we, we would not talk, we, we, we would not give out the prizes until we got to family night. And basically, oh, there are. Okay, so there's, there's one photo of what it looks like in the caravan parks. Unfortunately, going through my archives, I found some very embarrassing photos of me, so here they are. I know you all think that I'm just a cool dude with a mullet, but um, as we go through the next one, that's me. And uh, like, I mean, I'm so cool. Yellow jumper. Yeah, I know, short hair, right? So I feel really nerdy. And where's the last one, Jono? So uh, can anyone spot me? Nope. No, you're looking hard, aren't you? I don't, do not look like that. Anyway, I thought I was a real... I thought I was one of the cool ones. You know, you know how, like, sometimes you're just in a part of a group and you're like, well, I've got to be the cool one? I definitely was not. Look how nerdy I look. I'm the one with the yellow collar up there in the corner. <laughs> it's, uh, those photos are going to be put away back in the dark ages again. I've improved. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Rob. So, the aim was to meet and chat to some parents that we had met throughout the week and connect and share Jesus, to share the gospel message. Now, as I chatted to parents who would attend our family nights, it became apparent, as a young punk, that this message of Jesus was just as radical now as it was 2,000 years ago that it was still just as life-changing now as it was 2,000 years ago. That... Amazing. That if any of those people that I was chatting to would fully grasp what Paul was saying, their life would be changed forever. If they were to fully tap into the fullness of what God had for them, they would be changed. And everyone around them would be impacted and changed as well. So as a church moving forward in 2022, we are 
better together with Jesus. Embracing him fully and walking in the grace that he has given us. Ephesians 3.7 says this, By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. God's church is the answer. So God's people, his church is the answer. God has chosen us to spread the good news of the gospel. His sons and daughters, he's chosen us. It says here in verse 10, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You know when someone finds a good thing and their mission is to tell everyone? You know when someone makes a certain life choice and you cannot walk past that person without them telling you that they've made that life choice like vegans? If you're a vegan here, good on you for making a positive life choice. Um, I just like meat. Uh, you know, that they will tell you. They will tell you that they are doing this and living this lifestyle. How about um, uh, Toyota owners? They'll tell you how much kilometres they get out of their vehicle and how long it's going to last. So, oh, you, made, you know, I've got a 756 million Ks on my Land Cruiser just here. You know, you probably won't even get close to 100,000 in your Mazda. Toyota owners will tell you how good their car is, and they are reliable. <laughs> I'm a Toyota owner. <laughs> what about someone that has learned a new way to lose weight and to have these washboard abs in four days? They're going to be like, oh man, yeah, I bought this, uh, you know, Ab Cruncher 3000, and I did it for like two minutes each day, and look at my abs. They'll tell you about it. They will tell you about it. We have the privilege of sharing good news. And his church is the vehicle to do it through. How much more should we be telling people about our Jesus abs? You know, like about the good things that God's doing in our life. How much more should we be quick to talk to people? You know, there's a couple that Brooke and I know and... Every time we visit there, we come away from their house feeling 10 times better than when we got there. And it's because they speak Jesus. They tell us of what God's doing in their lives. They even tell us the things that they're believing for that are just that far out of reach. But they speak Jesus. And when we leave there, we're kind of like, man, I wish I had faith like that. Let's start believing for this. Let's start working towards this. Let's say to God, we want to do this. The church is the answer to a broken and hurting world, a world that needs hope. So Paul speaks of these endless treasures that are treasures of God's grace that our community needs. See, Bayside can be the answer to the streets of this community. Bayside can be a church that has answers for this region. Amen. Bayside, the people of Bayside can be the positively the positive godly wisdom in our schools. 
The people of Bayside can be that, that, uh, that voice in the council. The people of Bayside uh, can have compassion for a hurting neighbour. The people of Bayside can have comfort and prayer for someone who needs a miracle. God's purpose was for his church to display him. Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Because we are better together, us and Jesus, and because he is doing a good thing, we cannot keep it to ourselves. His church in its fullness is the answer. Hashtag vegan Jesus. <laughs> Love it. Two, be healthy church. If we reveal the mysteries of Christ to our community, we need to stay healthy, spiritually healthy. How do we stay healthy? Being a healthy church means that Jesus is at the forefront of who we are and everything we do. As I was pondering this, I felt like I needed to go to Revelation and look at what was said to the church of Ephesus after a couple of generations had passed. Everyone's like, oh, no, not generation. We're going into a deep topic here. No, we're not. It's good. Revelation 2 verse 3 says, You have patiently suffered for me without quitting, but I have this complaint against you. You do not love me or each other as you did at first. The Good News translation says, But this is what I have against you. You do not love me now as you did at first. Other translations say you have lost your first love. Now, I'm not saying Bayside's lost its first love. What I'm saying is it is good practice to keep revisiting that love for Jesus, keep recognising that love that he has for us and keep acknowledging that God did it first, that he made a way, that we could have a relationship with him and that we could impact this community together. For us to be better together, for us to be a healthy church, it is good practice to regularly return to our first love which means to ponder on how deep God's love is for us. As we seek Jesus, you actually can't help but fall in love more. As the revelation of his love becomes more real, you cannot help but respond with adoration and awe. Really spend some time in his presence. Keep that passion alive. Pray some bold prayers. Believe for the unbelievable. And we will see miracles. We will see God outworking in his church. Paul is saying that if the church grasps the mystery of Christ, there are treasures. There is influence. There is movement. And there is radical change. If we could be a church that holds close our first love of Jesus and each other, we will be a church that moves forward and shines our glory to our community. I don't think any of us here have actually fully understood what this outdoor area means. We haven't seen it yet. You might have an idea of what it looks like and you might look at pictures or, you know, gone on a Pinterest board or seen the pictures I've put up on you. Like, oh yeah, that's nice. There's festoon lights. Uh, looks like a steel shed. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But we do not know the plans that God has for that space. It was in the original plans to have an outdoor area there for Bayside. And I don't believe it's going to be an outdoor area forever. 
I believe at some stage this church is going to grow because of who we are in Jesus. Those walls are going to disappear and they are going to move out. We're going to move back. And this church is going to be full of more people, more people from the community that need Jesus and shine his light out into the, out into the community. God knows what he's doing, right? God knows what he's doing. We are better together, us and Jesus, Bayside and Jesus, you and Jesus. Lastly, in Ephesians, Paul writes this letter, and it's a prayer for spiritual growth. And I, I want to read it out today as a prayer over you guys. Because I believe God's got something in the midst for us as we are moving forward in 2022. And the way that we can catch it is by cultivating our love with Jesus, remembering that first love, remembering that he first loved us, remember that he's got a plan for us individually and us collectively. Us and Jesus, Bayside and Jesus, you and Jesus. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. In the beach mission I spoke about before, it was Easter Sunday and we were doing communion. We were praying for the caravan parks that we were doing the, the program in. And the presence of God was there. It was tangible. The room was filled with the presence of God. And I remember going up to the communion table and grabbing a chunk of bread. (laughs) Grabbing this massive chunk of bread and I grabbed my juice and I walked back to my chair and I had a moment with Jesus. Then and there, I felt like he said to me, Caleb, what would you do if I was physically here right now? I held on tight to that piece of bread. I mushed it in my hands till there was almost nothing left because I thought to myself, if I ever let go of you, God, if I ever let go of you, then what's it all worth? I need you. I reckon I stood there for about 15, 20 minutes holding this piece of bread tightly in my hand because I didn't want to let Jesus go. We need him, church. We need Jesus to do the things that God has called us to do in this community. We need Jesus 
to outwork our lives into what he wants us to do. This morning we're going to have communion. And I'd really love for you to ponder on what you would do if you just had a moment with Jesus. I want you to think about what you would say, what you would ask him. Would you let him go? Or would you say, no, just, just another moment, please. Just, just some more time with you, God. When you're ready, you can leave your seats and you can grab the emblems. We've got a point down the front here. We've got a point down the back there. And have your moment with Jesus. Because we are better together, Jesus and us. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.